This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Joe. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN here in New York City. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Larry, full show, huh? Yes, indeed. It's been a while since we had one of these. It has. It has. It doesn't happen very often. Not at this time of year. Not at this time of year. Summertime, that's when we roll, baby. That's when we roll. Talk a little baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, Gordon Mind Mel's with Aaron Boone. Can't wait for that to come back. Yeah. Uh, You know, so we have a lot lot of fun during baseball season. And it won't, you know, it's it's that transition, right, Gordon? A little baseball. Then before you know it, they're putting the pads on for training camp. And then we segue right into the football season. It is. It's the circle of sports. It's the circle of life. And Gordon... That's where we begin. We begin with a little football. Now, obviously, now let me just say this. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, let, let's make this clear. We did not steal the Aaron Rodgers watch from the K Show as we were charged with today. What? I didn't I didn't hear yes. about this. Michael K said that they had a Rodgers watch today. No, wrong. Michael's and wrong. And he said that we, Gordon and Larry, stole it from us, no, and I took wrong. it back. Yeah, he's like one of the players that would like complain to Michael after Michael wrote a story, and the player didn't have the full story; they just saw the headline. Uh huh. Yep, that's what happened. So no, we did not steal it. I don't know who's whispering in Michael's ear, but yeah, we did not person, steal it. That, that person should be put on the laminated list. We we did not steal it. We came with this. As a matter of fact, Gordon came up with this. I did all the work myself. I came up work. with an algorithm. To calculate the odds yes. of Aaron Rodgers becoming it. a New York Jet, I did. Absolutely. I was on the Chat GPT. I've been yep. working the numbers. This is this is proprietary um, uh, an algorithm, proprietary algorithm that I've come up with myself, Larry. This is absolutely. not just something I pull out of the clear blue sky. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you know, listen. Outrageous. He could have taken the higher road and mm. said, you know, great minds think alike. No. Or something of that issue. But, you know, he said we stole it. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We know the truth. I'll have to here. go back and find this, this, this audio now. We, we know the truth. We know the truth. Yes. All right. So uh, speaking on that, Adam Schefter was on NFL Live. Mm-hmm. And Gordon, the discussion was, is going to continue until Schefter, he hasn't even gone into the cave yet. Oh okay, God. I think he's not. And I, is the cave built? No, Do we know that the I cave? Even, I, don't even, I don't even want to speculate because I'm not on the inner circle. No, of course not. We're really not on the inner circle. <laughs> so I don't even want to say Schefter's anything about it. We're, you know, we're on I mean, another I'm planet. Not even, I'm not even, I'm light years away from yes. the inner circle. Yeah, of course. You know, so all we know is he, he's not there yet oh, based on what he said that he was going in the end of the week. So logically, the end of the week would be tomorrow. They so have I'm picked popes to... quicker than this whole process. <laughs> There's no question about it. But here's what Schefter said as to how the Jets can get Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers wants to leave Green Bay and continue to play. Well, the real question will be whether or not they stay at 13 because if they find a way to trade for Aaron Rodgers, my sense is it would involve that 13th overall pick, which would head to Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers wants to play this upcoming season, which is no certainty, and if he does want to play in New York, which we still don't know, but there are really two landing spots for Aaron Rodgers if he decides to play when he comes out of the darkness. One would be with the Jets, the other would be with the Raiders, and if and when he does decide to play, my guess is it would probably involve 
a number one pick, but I think their first priority is figuring out which veteran quarterback they're going to be bringing in to essentially put in front of Zach Wilson while they put him in bubble wrap for some time to see if he can grow, improve, and recover from the year he went through. Bubble wrap is not quite what they want to do with him, Shifter. They kind of want to ship him out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. You usually put in bubble wrap, a package that you're sending someplace else. <laughs> they don't want to keep him. They really want to, they really want to get rid of him. But, okay, 13th pick. Now, Gordon, I'll say this. 13th pick overall, um, they could do some other things with that 13th pick. I think of an off. I think an offensive lineman, 13th pick is not too high for for a solid mm-hmm. old lineman. Okay, I, I you know because they desperately need help there. Okay, I don't. And, and they had a great discussion on the K show, and Tannenbaum has weighed in, and, and Mike Tannenbaum has been consistent. You got it. There's things you put in your contract to make sure that he's going to play at least two years. If you're going to give up a first round pick, Gordon, and I'm and look, a first round pick is worth Aaron Rodgers. Let's get that straight. First round pick is worth Aaron Rodgers, but you kind of want to have him for more than one year, Gordon. Yeah, of course. You know, so there's got to be a way. But the there's no, there's no the I, dice. I don't think that there's any way that he, you're going to get that guarantee when you have to make a trade for him. Yeah. You're going to have tough. to put some contingencies in there that if he got does to. play a second season, well, it's going to be a higher pick the following year. And if he, if he mm-hmm. retires after one year, well, then it's going to be, you know, maybe third or fourth round pick as opposed to a, a second or a second number one. I don't know what the, the deal will end up being, but I don't think – I mean, look how much we're trying to get to see if he just wants to leave Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. You think he's going to come here and say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to play two years? No, he's going to tell you, I'm here for this year. Let's see how it goes. You know, he'll give you the whole – and it'll be a constant thing. Oh, it every couple of weeks. Is he kind of come – well, you know, he hinted at this, he hinted at that. So it'll be a whole rigmarole. R- but no way L-A-X. Yeah. It's going to be – I'm here now. That's what you yeah, care about. I'm here now. Be. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all you worry about. I'm here now. So, obviously, Bart Scott, who's still – trending on Twitter, Gordon, with yeah. the fact that he picked didn't pick Kansas City for the We're playoffs. all having to answer for his his hot take. A dare I mean, Bart. I mean, he's still he's still trend, trending. It's unbelievable. It's, a, it's outrageous. And look, this is what the Chiefs I guess this is what players do, but Bart said it in the off. It wasn't like he was saying it every appearance that no. he made. He made it one time. Yeah. And you would think that he said it every week. Oh my God! You think you would think he had shirts printed up, hats. Chiefs are missing the playoffs, and he Maybe picked he by the end of the season. He picked the Chiefs. Yeah, because he saw the. Uh, he, and it's, it's so funny, and we'll get to we'll get to, get to what he had to say in a second. But it's so funny, Gordon. Right, that you're not allowed to adjust when teams adjust. Right, you can have a you can have an opinion, okay. But when teams adjust, you have to make that. Gordon, for example, we were talking last night about the Knicks, and we'll talk a little bit about them a little later this hour. All right, we were t- nobody expected them to be playing like this. We were t- I, what a month ago. I was like, you know what? They're lucky if they make the, the plan. Yeah. But you see what happens, so you right. adjust. Why? Why would I sit here? There's six games over 500. Why would I sit here? There's sixth place. Why would I sit here and say, you know what? I still think they're going to be lucky if they make the plan. Now it's a disappointment if they make the plan. It, yeah. it adjusts. It's of a change. Course. Of course. That, as you get more, you're supposed to base your, your, your opinions on the evidence at the time, yep. on the facts at the time. And as the evidence changes, sometimes your opinion changes. Has to. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. It's got to evolve. It's just like people say, oh, Milwaukee's good to go. Well, listen, uh, Giannis went out tonight with a wrist, with a sprained wrist, they say. And I remember 
Milwaukee killing Patrick Ewing's wrist mm, <laughs> some years right. ago. And sure. he was never the same with that wrist. So how do I know? Hopefully he'll be okay. But I'm saying, you know, things may, if he's out for a long period of time, Gordon, it changes how you look at the they look of at the course, box. Of course. So you have to make adjustments on the fly. I mean, come on, folks. Anyway, Barton Hahn, noon to three, Monday through Friday here on 98.7 ESPN. Bart was asked, so would you trade for Justin Fields in Chicago if you, I guess, if you can't get Rodgers? I would, because simply because the timing for when those young, you know, you go get that talent that you need to put around Justin Fields, by the time he get there, who knows what kind of condition he's going to be in because they use him so much running. He's got beat up this year, right? But he needs to go to a team that's already ready, that has the pieces around. That's why I said he should be an option for the Jets. If I'm the Jets, I'm calling Chicago, say, I'll give you 13. Can you imagine having one in 13 and being able to get it reset the clock on a, on a young talented quarterback and build around him for three to four years and try and change the narrative of who what Chicago Bears are so I understand the logic Gordon but the yeah. question is what has he done and listen I know there were people like Buddha who wanted Justin Fields we sure, had the conversations you know com- comparing the two of them because they were mm-hmm. neck and neck their, yeah. their, their, their numbers were very close in college but, you know, I sided with – I really – I wanted Fields because he played better competition in college, and I felt, Gordon, the better competition prepares you for the NFL. Usually. It doesn't always work out that way, yep. but most of the time it does. So, But what has he shown you in the first couple of years? Not that he's – look, he hasn't been as bad as Zach Wilson, granted. But, I mean, that's that a first long, year – That's a long list. If, if we're just going <laughs> with people that haven't been as, as bad as Zach Wilson, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> but, you know, but, I mean – the first year, he wasn't great. He showed you something last year. He showed you a little bit. So is he is he a product of how bad the Bears are? Can, uh, can he come here, a franchise who really has not shown the ability, Gordon, to mentor and coach up a quarterback? How do I know I'm not exchanging draft choices for the same situation? Well, well, first off, if, if people are upset about what the price tag will be for Aaron Rodgers, what do you think the price tag is going to be for Justin Fields? I like how Bart says, well, you know, the, you can take 13. Oh, don't worry. They'll take 13 and they'll <laughs> take your number one next year and they'll take mm-hmm. your second round pick this year and they'll take your second round pick next year and they'd probably take a player or two t- as well. I mean, to me, Justin Fields clearly should have been the pick, but yes. that ship has sailed now. And, and it's almost like the worst combination of scenarios. You're going to have to pay an exorbitantly high price because he's a young quarterback who is, who is certainly dynamic at times. But he's also a bit of a, of a mystery when he's throwing the football. Now, mm-hmm. you might chalk that up to the Bears' skill positions and the Bears' offensive line. Are we really convinced that that's all it is? Because, again, if you're Joe Douglas, whoever you're getting to come in here, they got to work. Yeah, this it, year. This at right away. <laughs> yeah, there's no well, you know what, in two years. No, no, no. It's gotta work right now. So I would say there is you never want to say never. There is a zero percent chance of the Jets trust trading for Justin Fields. I would say there's a hundred percent chance that there's a zero percent chance that they're gonna get Justin Fields. How about that? Is that clear enough? So you're saying there's not even a chance. No, there's not even a <laughs> glimmer of hope. And, th- and think about what Joe Douglas would be saying. Yeah. Hey, the guy that I passed up for Zach Wilson, not only did I blow it with Zach Wilson, 
but now I'm going and trading a king's ransom for the guy I should have taken. Yeah. Whew, that would be a tough one to sell to the boss. And it's got to work right away. Yeah, yeah. And and so that's why, you know, I I hear what Bart is saying, but it's got to be a veteran. It's got to be a veteran because he needs to win now. Absolutely. He doesn't have time to wait a year. The two years are up, okay? The two years years are done. You blew it on Zach Wilson, okay? You blew it. Okay, it happens. It happens, all right? So now it's about correcting the mistake and let's move forward. And for you to correct the mistake, which is a huge one, you got to get a veteran quarterback. So there's another veteran quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers that Bart Scott was asked about. And we'll hear what he has to say about him next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Why am I hearing this growing Ryan Tannehill? And you started this, Gordon. <laughs> it's you not started me. this by saying, I, you know, it would be a total failure situation yeah. if they got him. And now I'm hearing his name more than ever. More than ever. I'm hearing Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, well, if I'm a Jets fan, I don't want to see Ryan Tannehill. I'm just saying. I think really what this is the offshoot of is that it, it's not going to be Derek Carr. Right. It's not going to be Derek Carr. Anybody who's still talking about the Jets and Derek Carr and, and devising scenarios that they could do this, and that, you're, you're behind. It doesn't seem like the Jets have any interest. And listen to the people who follow, you know, who cover the team. And Rich Cimini has covered the team for forever and is telling you it's not going to be Derek Carr unless mm-hmm. something dramatically changes. They're not going that route. And I can't really say that I blame them. The guy's never won a playoff game. He's terrible against playoff teams. He can't play in the cold. Um... And he's going to be, what, 32 next year and has still never won a playoff game. So uh, I can't say that I blame him. But what this really shows you is, is there are no good options. Right. I mean, each option is is fraught with peril. And this is what happens when you blow the second pick in the draft. So it's it's really about kind of minimizing uh, the negatives. And I, I, I kind of agree with the group that the best route to go would be for Aaron Rodgers, but that's filled with, with peril as well. I don't know yeah. that he wants to leave Green Bay. I don't know that he wants to come to the Jets. I mean, we're talking about the Jets and the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't it just be Aaron Rodgers to say, I'm not going to either of those teams. I want to go to the, I don't know, the Titans. I, I don't know. Staying in Green Bay. Right, staying <laughs> in Green Bay, exactly. And then you're really up, up a creek without a paddle. So it just shows you that there are no... Uh, there are no great options. The teams that are good teams, playoff teams, uh, well-run organizations, they're not going into free agency looking for a quarterback. No. No. They have them. Yeah. They got them. They know, they know what they're doing. They're looking to build talent around their quarterback. That's what yeah. they're looking to do. They're not trying to find one. And, and can I just say one thing? Sure. And this is for the Jet fans. And look, I'm not your friend. Uh, I'm, I'm a Dolphin fan, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. But you really have to stop with Aaron Rodgers makes us a Super Bowl contender. You haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. I think Aaron Rodgers is your best option. Let's just say he makes you a playoff team next year. Because when you say he he's going to lift us to a – or we, we have a path to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers – you sound ridiculous. People behind your back are laughing when Jet fans say, "With Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be a Super Bowl contender." Let's get to the, get to the playoffs first, and then see where things go. Who knows? Maybe things break right. 
But I don't think that there's any quarterback who's available right now that would take, I would say, oh, the Jets, they're going to be able to go through the gauntlet of Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. You, you're probably going to have to go through two of them to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I just stop with the you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Let's just get the best quarterback and see where you go from there. Yeah, and but uh, in defense of the Jet fans, Gordon, mm-hmm. they haven't had a quarterback in forever. I get it. So so the you know the, the, so let's walk before we can run, like, Larry. They're like, you know, this gives us a shot. It, it, it's, oh, it's a possibility. No, at least no. at least we can, we'll matter again. Well, and, look, that's uh, good. Mattering. There's a big you know, difference between mattering again and thinking now you're going to be a Super Bowl contender with our 40-year-old yeah. Aaron Rodgers. This is not Peyton Manning, and, and I don't think that this is Tom Brady either. And look, when Tom Brady went to the Bucs, I don't think everybody would say, oh, the Bucs are definitely going to win a Super Bowl now. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of developed over time. Yeah, because he brought he brought he brought reinforcements. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what so, he did. And look, when he first got there, no, it wasn't that case. The, with if you get Rodgers, I think it gives you the best chance to be good as good as you can be next year, and maybe two years. And but you're still going to have to find the long term solution. And whenever the Jets do get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, it's probably not going to be with Aaron Rodgers. And if it is, like, settle your expectations on a little bit of a lower level before you start getting all hyped up because it just sounds ridiculous. It sounds like Nick fans who are, we're going to get Giannis in a few, you know what I mean? Like we've been down this road before you sound ridiculous. So I would just say if, you, if you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, by all means, go get Aaron Rodgers. I think he is the best option for you, but I don't think that, that lifts you to the level of, of the Bengals or the chiefs, certainly, or even the bills. Uh, let them dream, Gordon. Let them dream. No, no, I'm here to snuff out those dreams. Larry. Let them dream. I want you to be realistic. Like, but you're setting yourself like today. I'm listening to the K show. I didn't hear them insult us, but um, they didn't uh, insult us. They just, uh, you know, okay. in that in accusation. All right. Um, but, you know, they're already saying, well, now you have to get to six for the Knicks. You have yeah. to get to six. Anything less than six. Can they get to five? Like six is lock. If you could lock into six right now, you'd take it. Yeah. You know, winning a playoff series is probably not in the code. Now, look, if it happens, great. But to mm-hmm. now think that the Knicks are going to have this deep playoff run because Josh Hart has played three good games and Jalen Brunson's been out of his mind, I just think you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And I think you'd be better served to say, you know what, let's get the best guy. We think we have a pretty good team around him. We can be a playoff team for the first time in 13 years. That's that's an accomplishment. That's not anything to just poo-poo or throw, you know, throw in the in, in the river. I mean, that's worth that's worth something. That's a that's a massive improvement from where you've been. I just think saying, you know, Super Bowl talk sounds ridiculous to me. You I'm sitting here laughing. You're expecting logic from fans when the, when when fans stands for fanatic. I I yeah, but like if you're a diehard fan, you have to don't you? Ha- that, that's the thing about being a diehard fan is that you 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 can kind of see both sides. You spend so much. Time- Look, Nick fans are probably a bad example because they're delusional. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just think if you're if you've lived and died with the Jets for as long as most people have lived and died with the Jets, mm-hmm. I think that you would be able to say, you know what? Let, let show me, prove it to me first before mm-hmm. I'm going to get all hyped up and and start the Super Bowl Express. So would you say then that? Um, if they got, let's say, Tannehill, 
who's getting kicked out of Tennessee because he, yeah. you know, because his inability to run an offense correctly and put them in position uh, to do well. If they got Tannehill, what is what is the ceiling for them? What what can they make the playoffs with Tannehill? Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, if everything breaks right, I mean, the I would think that the path to a playoff spot is a lot more a lot more tenuous than than if you got somebody who was a whole lot better than that. Now, could you still do it? Yeah, maybe. I think Miami's going to take a step back next year. It seems like every year, the teams that are those last couple of teams making it into the playoffs, they usually um, take a step back and 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 don't make it a second year in a row. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's a possibility. That has to be the goal. I mean, the goal is whoever they get, you got to make the postseason next year. Absolutely, they have to. They don't have a choice. So, but with Tannehill, what you're doing with Tannehill is is you're leaving the door open for Zach Wilson to be still a factor. Because if you're getting Tannehill at his age, you're you're not getting him for three years. No, no. You got to keep an eye open for okay, who's going to be the the long term? If you're going Tannehill, you're getting him to kind of stabilize the position. Mm Mm-hmm. But the eye still has to be on who are we going to get as the long-term solution because he's not the long-term solution. No, he's not. Nobody, they had, nobody they're going to get is the long-term solution. Well, Carr could be the long-term solution. Uh, Jimmy but, G could be the long-term solution. Like, if you're signing those guys, you're signing them to, like, four or five-year deals. Yeah. Well, now, you G's. and I both don't think that those guys are long-term solutions, but at least no, they could be. Well, Jimmy G, though, I mean, to, me, I, to be honest, I, I like him. He just doesn't have – he's just never available. That's the problem. I like him. I, I would I would ride – because he, here's my problem with Rodgers. And once again, I don't think Rodgers is coming here, so let me just make that clear. But my biggest issue with, with him is he's holding them hostage right now. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I'm going I'm – going, I got to think about this. I got to see – and that's his right. It's his career. I get it. But I'm running a business over here. I can't just – you know, I need to make a decision. I can't just sit and wait for you. You may – how do I know when you're coming out of this cave? I don't know when you may come out and you say four days, or I think you said four days. I'm afraid to say anything now. I think you said four days. Suppose you stay in, suppose you know, after four days, you know I what? I love it. I think I love need it another so couple much. of days. I'm going to stay an extra week. Right. I think I need another couple of days. I'm still tormented. I'm not sure. Well, I, I got to make a decision. Rogers has a, a, a little bit of Kyrie to him. Yes, he does. If you're bringing him in, he's brilliant. He's great. He's, he's super talented. It's going to cost but, you. He's going to cost you, and he's going. You're going to have to kind of turn over the reins of, of certain parts of your organization to him. Mm-hmm. Now, well, maybe that's it. a good thing for the Jets because they haven't been able to figure it out on their own. Uh, to me, that's actually a, a plus in terms of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not. I'm not worried so much about uh, the Jets' handling of the quarterback position and their input on the quarterback position because he's going to say, you know what, this is what we're doing, and I trust him more than I would trust the Jets. But. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a diva aspect to Aaron Rodgers, and it's you would think getting a, somebody at that position, it's all about what he's going to do for your team, but a lot of it is what he's going to do for himself. Yeah, no question. And maybe your team will come along for the ride. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. When we return, Gordon, we'll turn, our, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. Guess who spoke today, Gordon? Kevin Durant. Oh, where did he? I didn't see this. He was introduced I so to, much today. He was introduced to the Phoenix media and fans. Oh, you'll love this. You'll love oh, it. Oh, boy. Here we'll we share go. it with you next on 98.7 ESPN. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 
very interesting. And he got the Nick, our, our Nick Fidel uh, booed. <laughs> now, does Nick move wherever Kevin is? Yes, he does. So yeah, does he so have to like Phoenix. sell his place here and move out there now? Yeah, yeah. He is, he is, uh, he is a Phoenix resident, I would think, for, for the next uh, couple of months at least. And then who knows where he's going? <laughs> he's renting until he knows he can buy. Yeah, and he's that not buying anytime soon. That changes very quickly. Yeah. Listen, for when you're covering Kyrie and KD, you don't you don't buy, you rent. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he was asked about his time with the Nets. Here's what Kevin Durant had to say. It was a lot of ups and downs, but I love the grind. So, and everybody in Brooklyn loved the grind too. So I built a family over there. Is they're going to always be a part of my journey. Uh, so we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish as far as winning a championship, just like I told him. But I enjoy the grind. And everybody there, we tried our hardest every day, regardless of what was going on in the media, what was going on with our teammates. Everybody who was in that gym, we grinded. So I love those guys. I get emotional to talk about them because that was a special four years of my career, coming off of Achilles. And so, yeah, it was terrible how some stuff went down, but... At the end of the day, I love to grind. And we all love to grind there in Brooklyn. And I wish them the best going forward. They got a bright future. I was Kevin Durant earlier today. Fa- family. There are more yeah, missing family. members of that family than the Sopranos family. Who's the, who's the, who's still, is Steve Nash still in the family? Nope. Is Kenny Atkinson still in the family? Nope. How about all the guys that they traded for James Harden? Are they, those guys still in the family? I mean, that family. Nope. Nope. Missing family members. got whacked. Yeah, a couple of them got whacked, absolutely. More than a couple. So, Kevin, why didn't it work out with Kyrie and Harden? <laughs> we just didn't get on the court enough. I think when you seen James, Kyrie, and myself, it was it was amazing basketball for 17 games, though. <laughs> but you need, in order for you to win a championship and to be a great team, you just need more time on the floor. We could. It's another story about why we didn't get on the floor together, but we just didn't get enough time on the floor. And um, those are Hall of Fame players that I learned a lot from every day, and I'm wishing them the best as well. Uh, it just didn't work out. What did he learn from Kyrie? <laughs> Kyrie's nuts. That's what he learned from Kyrie. What did he learn from Kyrie? Uh, anyway, uh, last one. Uh, Gordon, you'll, you'll take a listen to this. Okay. Upset with Kyrie's trade request. Here's Kevin mm. Durant. Yeah, I was upset that we couldn't finish. I thought we would have some good momentum. We were um, finally building the culture that we always wanted. Um, I felt like every game we were building our chemistry. Um, but I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization. So I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court. And uh, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. Uh, his game, he's a Hall of Fame player, a great, great player that can do everything on the floor, and we relied on that. So without him, we didn't have a clear identity. So that was tough for me to stomach, and, and I love playing with those guys throughout the year. I felt like we had dudes that were stepping up and doing stuff that they didn't do on their previous team. So I enjoyed everything about it, and it was tough to not finish the season, but um, – you know, I just tried to move forward as quickly as I can and try to figure something out for myself, but also still focus on trying to rehab and get back. So it all happened so fast, but I'm glad it worked out this way. So that's kind of interesting, Gordon, in the sense that he's saying he didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and the front office. So um, that would lead one to believe, if we ought to take him at his word, 
that he and Kyrie really didn't have a lot of conversation, Gordon, and that kind of really underscores maybe the the issues they had here, that maybe they needed to have more conversation, that he maybe he needed to be uh, more of a big brother or more of an advisor or more of a person to say, listen, <laughs> hey, this is not going to work if we keep doing this the way we're doing it right now. We need to we need to make a commitment here, and then we'll, let's let's give it all we have and win a title. And then if we go in our separate ways, Gordon, okay, at least we, we got a chip. If it doesn't work out after that, we gave it our we gave it our shot. But to break it up like that is is just not good. Yeah, you can always rely on Kyrie to be unreliable. Uh, and it does speak to, uh, I think, one of the things you really saw in this uh, the whole Brooklyn thing is that Kevin Durant, the leadership aspect of his game is is not there. Uh, you know, if you're the guy who's running the show and it's your team and it is what it was his team, along with Kyrie, to say that you didn't know what was going on with Kyrie, it's kind of hard for me to believe because uh, mm-hmm. those two guys were running the show from the moment they decided to go there. So e- either it's a, a lack of uh, leadership on the part of Kevin Durant, or it's that I don't you you don't really buy that he didn't know what was going on, but he was he was looking after his thing, and he was you know Kyrie was trying to get his contract, and it was they were just focused on themselves. Yeah, and I also find it unusual that Sean Marks or somebody in the front office would say, hey, KD, can you speak yeah. to Kyrie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what's happening. Test, yeah. could, you, could, you, could you talk to him about a little something? Because we're in danger here of having this whole thing go kablooey. And, you know, it would really be helpful if you could say something to him. So, I, I mean, I, that's what – listen, if I was Sean Marks, that's what I'd be saying. Hey, hey KD, can you talk to your boy? Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to believe that uh, that that Kevin Durant didn't know what was going on with his 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 teammate and his uh, co-star running by the organization. Right. Yeah, it doesn't sound tough. And and maybe he didn't know because at that point he had been like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore. I, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. And look, that would at least allow me to believe that Kevin Durant is human because who wouldn't be at that point be like, you know what, I can't take this guy anymore. Yeah. You know, he he turned into James Harden. Okay, I want out of here. I'm I'm just, I can't can't deal with him. Can't take it anymore. He's going good. I'm out too. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. No, I just can't. It's making my head spin. It's crazy. Gordon, Adam Silver spoke. Mm-hmm. He was on Sports Center, and this okay. is interesting. This is an interesting one, and this is speaking of Durant and Kyrie. This is Adam Silver on star players demanding trades. Here's what the commissioner of the NBA had to say: It's not a new issue. I think it gets uh, there's more attention focused on it than ever before because of all the the, the fishbowl effect of social media and the opportunity for every single comment to be magnified in incredible ways. So, I mean, it, again, go back to earliest days of this league, guys have demanded trades. Having said that, of course you want players to honor their contracts. You want to the extent that, that there's always going to be discussions that go on behind scenes, uh, behind the scenes between players and management about whether it's the right situation for them. But you never want to get to the point where a player's literally demanding that he goes somewhere else. It's not social media. It's the fact that more players have been empowered because it's worked. And that's and that's why yeah people have asked for trades forever, but now when when owners start to acquiesce 
and say, okay, yeah, we'll get rid of you. We'll do this. Now more and more people will want to do it. And that says to me, Gordon, and we've speculated, and I'm just going to tell you, it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, when the new contract chat talks speak, this is going to be a major contention that the NBA and the NBA PA are going to have to deal with. And I'm curious to see how it's going to – I'm curious to see what the players will have to give up in exchange for trying to get some kind of – or what they will get in exchange for trying to get the NBA owners to try to get some handle on the players just saying, I want out. I want out in the middle of the season. Like, they're not even doing it – Gordon, they're not even doing it, like, during the offseason. It's like, well, Kyrie, I want out. <laughs> like, now. Well, I like, mean, Kevin Durant, I want out. Like, now. Like, what did they think was going to if – you, if you're – Making your league a star-driven league, which the NBA has, it's been successful. It's it's a it's what distinguishes itself kind of uh, apart from other leagues is that the players have the power. Uh, it's worked out well for the owners that way. It's worked out well for the league because it's such a star-driven league and, and their stars are so recognizable. This is one of the offshoots of it. If you give people power and you tell them that in, in some ways you're kind of bigger than the teams that you play on, well, yeah, that they're going to think to themselves, you know what, I'm, it's not a new thing, no. and it's kind of worked out. Uh, here's the thing. It might be a, a pain in the neck for the owners. It might be a pain in the neck for the commissioner or the league. The customers seem to enjoy it. I mean, when the trade deadline came and went, and this trade's happening and that trade's happening, I get the Brooklyn Net fans weren't happy because they mm -hmm. were losing the star players. But in terms of overall interest, that was far more interesting than anything that has happened during the regular season in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Other I mean, it's than, pretty, a pretty yeah. nondescript regular season so far. It's been far. very quiet. It's yeah. been very quiet. Other than LeBron chasing after right. uh, Kareem, mm -hmm. it's been really kind of a quiet season. If anything, it's been see the season's been built around what's been going on in Brooklyn. <laughs> it has. It's really, yeah. It has been. Yep, it's crazy. It's, it's like that Brooklyn, unfortunately for Net fans, Brooklyn has been the top story in the league for the wrong reasons all season. All the first half of the season. It's, it's been Kyrie. It's been what's going on with KD, what's going mm -hmm. on there. Um, and, you know, LeBron. So that's been it. So, yeah, you're right. But once again, for him to say, well, it's about social media, it's not about social media. It's about the fact that you're giving in. <laughs> that's yeah. what it's about. You're giving in. So uh, they're going to they're gonna put a stop to that. And the other thing they're going to have to talk about, Gordon, which is something that Nick fans don't have to worry about, is uh, player management. <laughs> Time management as far as oh, playing. Oh, load management? Yes. Yeah. They, you don't have to worry about that. They're, we don't have to worry about that with the Knicks. But that's the other thing. Because, you know, you go to see players and they're not Absolutely. playing. Absolutely. I, I think they're that that's playing. one of the main reasons why the regular season is to it – doesn't, it doesn't feel like the regular season is all that important. And it's kind of hard to think that when you have the stars of the game in a star-driven league – taking nights off on a regular basis because they want to keep themselves fresh for the, the stretch drive or the mm -hmm. postseason or a playoff yep. run or whatever. It is. And you know, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta get a handle on that. You have to get a handle on that situation. And I think that will be addressed when they come to, uh, you know, have a little, have a little croissants and, and uh, coffee over the next contract negotiation. When we return, We'll hear from Tom Thibodeau as he uh, has reached the mythical halfway point because it's not. So we'll say he's reached the all-star break and his team's playing pretty, pretty good. We'll hear from the Nick head coach next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I'm allowing myself to really 
enjoy what I'm seeing from this Nick team. Uh, Bing bong. I don't have to say a bunch of expectations. I just want them to get to the postseason, but I'm really kind of enjoying it and watching them grow and, and watching how the pieces are fitting together. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's rare not to have a whole lot of negativity <laughs> to say about them because they're for the moment they're playing well. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're competitive they're working hard. They seem to have learned from a couple of mistakes. Now I get that, you know, the competition is going to be tougher, and when it's tougher, you'll, you know, I may have to reevaluate it then. But for right now, during these six games, I'm I'm pretty pleased with what I've seen. Yeah, you have to be. Uh, this is coming into a year that was a big year after last year, the way last year went, uh, missing out on the play-in, not even really being close to the play-in at any part of the the second half of the year, really, where this year, after the, the first year, you thought, well, that was a fluky year for Julius Ray. He's never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of done it again. So that that's a huge plus. Um, Jalen Brunson, the signing. Remember, when they signed Jalen Brunson, there were a lot of people, wow, they overpaid for him. You, know, you have to overpay for him, but they, they completely, he's not that good a play. He's been, he's been a bargain. Compared <laughs> yes, really. with how he has played, he's been sensational. And um, look, the 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 R.J. Barrett stuff is a little um, disappointing, but I think what you've seen from quickly so far this year, the Josh Hart trade has certainly been a plus. And and this is for a Nick team that early on in the year we're like, well, they're you know they're kind of middle of the road. Maybe they can be a part of the play in. And as the season has gone along, you've gotten more uh, optimism as they've played. And that's the way you want it. You don't want the big high expectations before the season and then it trails off. You want modest expectations coming into the year. And then based on how the team plays, how the players play, you start to build excitement. And I think that's what the Knicks have done. And it also gives you excitement that the people running the show might actually know what they're doing. (laughs) I mean, and that's been the first time you could say that in a very long time. Now, I'm not telling you Leon Rose hasn't screwed things up. No. He's, he's screwed up a lot of things, but he's yep. gotten the big things right. Randall has been what you kind of hoped Randall was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Jalen Brunson, I, I think Jalen Brunson, as I said last night, has saved a whole lot of people's jobs <laughs> yeah. because he's You're been right. he's been fantastic. So we'll see. You know, you don't want to get carried away. You don't want to start moving the goalposts where you say, oh, they have to be five now or they have to win a playoff series. No, get into the play. Let's establish um, a, a, a track record of some success. And for the Knicks, coming from where they've been the last decade, getting oh. into the playoffs, being the sixth seed this year, oh. that is a major plus for the regime, for the coach, for the players, for everybody. You could argue that it it even means more than them finishing fourth in yeah, the first because, year. Yeah, because that was a fluke. Yeah. That was a fluky year. It was the pandemic year. There were no fans, all that type of stuff. Um, and, and it was great. Absolutely. But I think this is a playoffs. little bit more sustainable. They're a more talented team, as we talked about last night, clearly. And, and you're starting to see, you know, when you get Mitchell Robinson back, you'll see some pieces fitting together and – and who knows? Now, I'm not telling you I'm, I'm satisfied with just being six and getting knocked out. I'd like to do better than that. I'd like mm-hmm. to win uh, a, a playoff series. I'd like to win some playoff games. But 
If you told me before the season the Knicks are going to be the sixth team of the Eastern Conference, I would have asked you what you're smoking. <laughs> well, listen, uh, clearly part of it is Jalen Brunson. And for Tom Thibodeau, this is Jalen Brunson during this hot streak is what Jalen Brunson is. You know, we saw it every step of his pro career. He did the same thing in college. You know, he had a he played a role his freshman year uh, in them. By his last year, he's player of the year in college basketball. He maybe is one of the most decorated college players in history to win two national championships and all the awards that he's won. And then he goes to Dallas. Somehow he's a second-round pick. You know, I don't understand that, but he was. But it didn't derail him at all. It didn't matter what other people thought. He he thought he was good, and he, he knows he's good. So he, he went in and worked, worked his way into a rotation, then eventually worked his way into being a starter. And then eventually, when he got his opportunity last year when in the playoffs, we saw what he was capable of. But the people that know him, I don't think anyone is surprised by what he's doing. They're not. And, Gordon, it just goes to show you how he was, uh, you know, freed from being from the ball dominance of Luca uh, to be able to show what his real talents are. And, you know, the Knicks are very fortunate that they have him because they would not be the succeed without him. And the Knicks have signed free agents before and had high expectations, but this is the one that he's exceeded the expectations. He's been a better player for them than he was where he was. And that, I don't know when the last, I don't know if that's ever happened in my lifetime with the Knicks. <laughs> No, it's definitely normally the other way around. There's yes. no question about that. We'll hear more from the Nick head coach. Plus, we'll turn our attention to a little baseball, and we have to say goodbye to a legend. All that's next on 98.7 ESPN.